The puck out of their defensive zone. Redick up moves it middle and sent ahead. Amadio gets into the offensive end. Drops off. Molson forward. Amadio holding up. Firing a shot. He scores! You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. Puck battle for now back below the goal line. Amadio looks out in front of Amadio. Shot. He scores! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. Subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. The Kings broke their losing streak. The rain had a high-scoring weekend, and we're here to talk about all of it. Joining me now, low above the ice, the Citizens Business Bank Arena, Dave Joseph. How are you doing tonight, Dave? Jesse Cohen. Or today, I should say. Never better, my friend. How are you? I'm excellent, thank you. And James Whitlock, how are you doing today, James? Loving life. Dave, you uh, called 13 goals on Friday, 9 goals on Saturday, and 9 goals today. Do I have that right? Uh, you do, and don't forget Thursday. Oh, that's right. Jeez Louise. There was a Kings game Thursday that's night. That's right. And I don't even remember, remember who we played. <laughs> Dallas? I think it was, was it like Dallas? Four Thursday? Three, was so was another, seven four three, there, another seven yeah. goals there, yeah. And God. I'm still talking. Yeah, and you sound good. So I should probably shut up. What's your me. secret? Um, Tea with honey? Honestly. Yeah. After last night, after yesterday afternoon's game, the uh, uh, six-goal output by the Kings, I went home and had about five or six cups of hot tea with honey. There you go. And drank, I think, five or six during the game. And then this morning, I had three or four before I left and drank three while I was here today. So that's that's what keeps me going. That's a a lot of tea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Literally keeps you going. It does keep me going. Yes, I love it. So this episode is going to have sort of one foot in L.A., one foot in Ontario, uh, the Kings win. They break their 10-game losing streak. And Ontario has two huge wins on Friday, Saturday night. I was hoping to see one tonight. Just came up short. Almost another comeback. Yeah. Uh, not not as historic as last night's comeback uh-huh. uh, here, but pretty much the same situation almost. And down by one with a minute left, they pull the goalie and Brett Sutter with the puck on his stick and a wide open net. And on yeah. the power play, too. Just couldn't, just couldn't put it in. Yeah, it's yep. a bummer. Yep. But what do we make of this sudden offensive explosion out of the Ontario rain? Well, I like it. That's not us. No. <laughs> but excuse me. Not us. I did have the, las- the lasagna for lunch. <laughs> that, was right. a, that was a lot of honey <laughs> in that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I like it because this is the way the game is trending, right? Mm-hmm. It's trending upward. We've been saying this all year that, that the, you know, the, the way the NHL is and now the AHL teams are scoring more goals. The concern is, obviously, on the defensive side of the puck, this is a Kings organization that has been known for its defense over the past, what, seven, eight years. They've been known for one of the best defenses in the league. And then to allow, you know, five goals tonight, whatever it was tonight, four goals tonight, five goals, five, tonight, yeah. five goals tonight. And last night they let in a bunch, but they are scoring. The production is there. You can see that the production is there. So I think it's trending in the right direction. I think if you ask the coaching staffs, they'd probably say they'd want to lock it down and, and not allow so many goals. But to me, as a fan, I like to see it because it's entertaining. The fans love it. I think every fan in the building tonight was going nuts every time there was a goal. If it's a one nothing 2-1 game, you don't get that kind of reaction. The fans were into it. Uh, uh, Ontario scored three straight goals today. The fans were going crazy. The building was electric. I love seeing it, so I'm all for it. If you're going to lose a game 7-6, okay. I've got no issues with it. I, I, I Personally, I'm, I'm a huge fan. They, uh, they had allowed 36 shots on goal by the end of the second period. Jeez, Louise. Uh, I think it was 45 by the end of the game. James, you were here uh, with your entire family, your three young boys. They had fun, though, right? I mean, to Dave's point about it being fun. Oh, absolutely. They, I mean, 
you, I could watch my, from the press box, I could watch my kids dancing for all the goals, and they just came one after another after another, and, and it does. It builds excitement, and it's, it's funny because one thing I know about Ontario is, like, when you come here, um, sometimes winning a double-double is the most excitement you see right, right. <laughs> in the arena, right. and tonight you couldn't tell the difference between the double-double crew and a goal, you know? So it was, uh, it, it seems like that energy's there. Um, I just, I... The only concern is giving up so many goals one after another in, in quick succession that I, I, I feel like that's one thing that, that you've got to be able to stop the momentum and, and then maybe you hold them to three goals. And then it, it seems like a win with this uh, with this rain team. So that that would be my focus is, is yeah in defense of the rain, literally half of their blue line is up on the Kings right now. You got Walker, Roy, and McDermott yeah. uh, unavailable to them. And, and keep in mind, you've got you know the guys who have stepped in here. Uh, Chaz Redekop is one mm-hmm. of the guys who's seen some ice time now. They've got uh, Cliff Watson, number four, who scored his first AHL goal here tonight. Uh, he's from Michigan Tech University in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, where I'm from. So if I just get there a cheap go. pop yeah, in there for me, he's a, I, not. No, he's from Appleton, Wisconsin, but oh, he's just from right. outside of the UP, so all he's right. not. A Uper, but he's a, he's a uh, an, an adapted Uper, yeah, <laughs> because right. he's played college hockey there. Uh, uh, so Cliff Watson, Chaz Redekop, uh they had, uh, uh, and his name is escaping me right now. I can't think. He played last night for the Rain. Was there... uh, another defenseman, Matt. Uh, uh, I can't think of his last name. But uh, so all these guys, all these young guys, have to step up. Uh, he was just signed to a PTO. They have to step up in place of the you know all the guys who have been called up, the McDermott's. Uh, the walkers that have been called up by the Kings. So it's good to see them get into this action, but it's also kind of trial by fire. Like, here you go. Now's your time to shine. Right. Let's see what you can do. So you have to keep that in mind. And and maybe that's part of the reason why they're allowing so many goals in situations like this is because of the youth and, you know, some inexperience on that back end. Last night's game and, and specifically this night's game, uh, I think have really sort of shaken me like an Etch-A-Sketch. Um Tonight's game in particular, it's an AHL game. The team is not going to make the playoffs. The next home game is, what, the 27th? 22nd. There's only three or four, uh, maybe five home games left on the schedule anyway. The stakes couldn't be lower for this game. I mean, I I don't mean to be right dismissive or or insulting to the franchise, but, I mean, like, this game doesn't mean anything. You know, this is the Rain are having just as disappointing seasons as the Kings. We don't know who's going to be on the Kings. We have even less of an idea who's going to be on the Rain. We don't know what's going to happen to Matt Molson. And yet, to James' point, right, the fans were going nuts for every – I mean, late in the game, coming down to the stretch, the fans wanted that goal so badly. They were cheering when, you know, Kale Clegg chased down the loose puck that was trickling towards an empty net. You know, when Sutter misses the the goal with the uh, empty net on, you know, on this end. You could feel the passion, and I think it's really easy, especially you know on our side of the the mic, Dave, to get sort of caught up in the cynical, like, well, what does this mean for the draft pick? What does this mean for the you know for this guy's career? Is this guy going to get traded or whatever? And I think I, I mean, I just know me personally. I think I really lost touch for just how much fun going to a live hockey game can be. And seeing the crowd go nuts for the win last night to break the 10-game losing streak and then to see this crowd go nuts for, like I said, a game with absolutely zero stakes. I'm just really enjoying hockey this weekend. Throw and it's the been a ton of fun. The window, yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't matter. Just enjoy the game. It doesn't matter. Come and enjoy the game. Yeah. Enjoy the atmosphere. Enjoy the experience. The fans had a great time in, in L.A. yesterday. Staples Center was rocking. Mm-hmm. They like to see all the goals. You come here today, actually last night here, 
Rain in a similar situation, down uh, three goals late in the game. They rally, they tie the game, and then win it quickly in overtime. This place is electric. It's going nuts. And then today, same thing. They get down, they come back. They unfortunately lose, but the place is electric again. Come to a hockey game and check it out. It doesn't matter if your team's in last place. It's an exciting place to be. And and beats, you know, watching hockey on TV is great, but there's nothing like seeing it in person. And you can say that's cliche, but it is a 100% true statement. Yeah, I don't know. If you're a fan, why be a fan if you can't come enjoy a game regardless of where the team sits? Because it's still your team. You know, you still want to see them win games uh, because that one game is what you're there for. You're there to cheer them on and, and you're there to do your part, whatever you feel your part is in, in the whole scope of the franchise. So I don't know. It, it was, it was fun to have my boys there and I want them to grow up seeing games and, and following players and, and getting to know the sport. So, well, and I think the other point to your point, James is, is uh, when you come out to a game, you have to keep in mind that, Sure, their team is in last place now, but it's not always going to be like right. that. It's a down year for the Kings. It's a down year for the Reign. Everybody knows that. But, you know, it was not long ago the Kings were winning Stanley Cups. You know, they won two Stanley Cups. And and the the Reign, as the Manchester Monarchs, were winning the Calder Cup. And it's not, it's not like you're far off from getting there again and having your team in contention again. Are you a year away? Maybe. You, you could be a year away from being back in the playoffs. Two years from contention, possibly. Three years from contention, possibly. Uh, come out to a game. Check it out. It's it's a good time. It's a great atmosphere. And it's they're not going to be in last place forever. Sure, it's not a great year. We all know that. No one's trying to hide that. It's still a great atmosphere, a great experience when you come here and you check it out. And, you know, we spend a lot of time <clears throat> within our community, right? The hockey community, the sports community, um, worrying about who's a bandwagon fan and... and you know, testing fan credentials and all that sort of stuff. And I, you know, this is where I sort of sound like a cranky old man for a second and I complain about millennials. But I was reading this uh, thread on Twitter and it was about somebody who had a sort of a rough experience at an Islanders game uh, recently, the, the, the John Tavares Ours, home, yeah. homecoming game. Yeah. She had chosen to wear a Tavares uh, jersey and, and root for Tavares in Long Island at that game whenever it was Tavares Islanders jersey? Yeah, we, well, no, uh, uh, Maple Leafs, yeah. Okay. So she was getting a lot of stick from the fans, and I do not, 100% am not here to support fans attacking other fans in the stands. However, the intro to her thread was, I'm a Philly fan who doesn't live in Philly, uh, or a Flyers fan who doesn't live in Philly, a Blackhawks fan who doesn't live in Chicago. I might have the teams wrong, but it doesn't matter. And it's Toronto, and a Leafs fan who doesn't live in Toronto. And I thought to myself, well, you're not really a fan. (laughs) (laughs) I can't pick all three. Yeah, Yeah. and especially if you haven't lived in those towns. And so, and the reason I'm bringing this up now, the the thread to sort of tie it back is, you know, when the Kings won the Stanley Cup in 2012, I did one of those ugly cries where you don't know what to do with yourself and you're just sort of like, oh my God. And I just realized with five seconds left on the clock, like, oh no. (laughs) Like, oh no, this is, I'm not going to be able to stop this. And it wasn't because... You know, oh, look at me. I'm such a huge, you know, Raw Raw Kings fan. It was because of nights like this, right? It was it was 20 years of nights at the rink with family, with friends, watching your team lose, watching your team win. Stakes high, stakes low, doesn't matter. You build up that emotional investment. And um, so that's why I say, like, it shook me like an Etch-A-Sketch. I think I had maybe this season gotten a little bit away from that. And I'm sort of grateful to the rain <laughs> of all things. For bringing you back. Yeah, well, just for bit. reminding me yeah, that, sure. like, there don't have to be stakes. I mean, I, there was a time when I used to, you know, if I move into a neighborhood 
and I was driving around and I saw like a pickup game on a tennis court, you know, with a bunch of people in rollerblades, I'd stop and watch for five minutes just because it was hockey. Yeah, you like the game. Yeah, I like to watch hockey. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm getting a little uh, sappy, I know, but uh, I had a lot of fun tonight. No, I think I think everybody here had a lot of fun. They, obviously, they're looking for a different outcome. It didn't turn out. You're not going to win every night, but uh, I think you look at the weekend overall and the, for the rain playing three games in three nights, which is very difficult. Uh, they played. They had a great weekend. They took two or three and hung with a an Iowa Wild team, which is a team that's much better than them in the standings right now, and and frankly probably should have won the game last night on Saturday and had a close game again here today. So to take two out of three and battle the way they did today, hey, good effort by the rain all around this weekend. You know, I the one thing I didn't understand in the game itself was um, that mustache that you had on. <laughs> sweet, in, right? In one of the videos. <laughs> what is that? Damn right. That's sweet. I'll tell you the story behind that. Please. I'll take two minutes. Uh, so it was uh, we were honoring uh, Rogi Vashon. Okay. Uh, when he was getting his Hall of Fame uh, induction before his, or was it after his Hall of Fame induction ceremony? But we were honoring Rogi Vachon, and and uh, Luke Robitaille, our president, Hall of Famer himself, was uh, walking down through the the penalty box area where I sit for the games, and Luke had on this mustache, and the and the the objective was for everyone that was going to go out onto the ice to wear a Rogi mustache because Rogi's <laughs> known for the mustache. Right. And Luke turned to me and he said. I don't want to wear it. Like he kind of, <laughs> kind of chicken out at the last second. He said, "Dave, wear this." So I put it on because I'm going to do whatever Luke Robitaille yeah, tells me to do. Absolutely. And then someone caught a glimpse of it and said, "Oh, we got to get that on camera." So the camera guy came down and said, "Hey, do a little turn and turn to the camera." So that's it. Still lives here. They obviously sent the video out here and and they play it sometimes after goals. So that's the story behind. Follow that. up question. Yes. Tonight, what were you saying <laughs> after the words "Ontario Rain" when you would announce the goal? Subway goal. Subway. Yeah. Subway, Subway sponsors sponsor. the Ontario okay, Rain goals. It. Unless it's the first goal of the game, which if the Rain score the first goal of the game, it's your superstar battery's first goal of the game. I felt like the words were getting shorter as the game went on. Well, I, the yeah. first goal only is your superstar okay. battery's first goal of the game. Then after that, it transfers into the Subway goal. So it's Ontario Rain's Subway goal. Thank you, Subway. Now, I do want to talk about Cal Peterson because there were a couple goals. He led in five. Uh and I've heard it's been repeated, you know, by people far smarter and far more knowledgeable about the game of hockey than I, that it's harder to be a goalie in the AHL than it is in the NHL because the defensemen are more predictable, the reads are more predictable, the puck, there's less broken plays. And tonight I felt like that was one of those nights, right? I mean, we've seen Cal Peterson in a Kings uniform look like a top-tier NHL starter. And then, you know, this weekend – between he and Budai, right? Like goals are flying past them. And I kept thinking, what is going on? And how, you know, some of it is that half of the defense is in LA, but there were a lot of broken plays, a lot of tip-ins, a lot of traffic. I mean, he it's not his fault, right? No, you can't judge. A Although goal- there were some people in the crowd booing him, which I thought was <sighs> hilarious. That's yeah. You can't judge a goaltender uh, at the AHL level and how that's going to transfer to the NHL level. You can tell if a goalie's, good or not still if he's got the skills at this level but you can't judge him on the way the game is played in front of him because like you said there are a lot of broken plays there are plays that he would normally at the nhl level he knows what guys are going to do defensemen know what they're going to do they know they're going to d to d they know they're going they're not going to go across the ice they're going to go up the boards but here hey an nhl player might take a chance and try to feed one through the middle oops you don't do that (laughs) and it turns out now you got a a one-on-o against the goaltender and peterson's going now what do i do so you don't have much of a chance. I, I, you know, you look at the goals Cal gave up tonight, and I wouldn't fault him for any of those goals, frankly. It was just breakdowns in front of him, and, and what are you going to do? And, you know, I think 
Iowa had four power play goals tonight. I believe it was at least one. So, at so five you look, on three. yeah, you're looking. Yeah. yeah, right. There was a five yeah. on three, and then they scored on the five on four at the mm-hmm. tail end of that. Mm-hmm. So they have four power play goals tonight. What do you do if you're the goaltender? You have four power play goals. I mean, it's you know, good luck stopping those. I mean, and, and they had they had a guy in there uh, on uh, Iowa had four, had five assists tonight. He, reg- he registered a point in every one of their goals. So well, it's tough to stop. You know what I mean? There were two plays where I felt like he even. I mean, as a goalie, right? I mean, everything I've always heard is don't anticipate the play, worry about the shooter, let the defenseman handle the pass. For whatever reason, couldn't rely on the defenseman to, <laughs> to cover the pass. He anticipated the pass correctly, moved over to get there, maybe played it a little bit too aggressively and got beat anyway. But I liked the fact that he at least made the read correctly. Well, again, he's trying to overcompensate yeah. for what he would not have to do at the NHL level because he knows hey, Drew Doughty's going to take the pass here, so I've right. got the shooter. But here, at the HL level, it's a little different. And again, you've got guys who who normally wouldn't be in this position uh, and new guys who are still adjusting to the system. So he's thinking, okay, now do I have to read the pass instead of just concentrating on the shooter? Let me try to do a little bit of both. And it always it doesn't always work out for the best. He's trying to do what he can do. I thought Cal looked good tonight. I, again, you can't fault him on any of those yeah. goals. Well, and then, and then if you watch, you, you've got several goals where he's he's uh, defending second and third opportunities. Right. Um, and, and literally jumping from one side to the other on, on his belly, uh, still getting arms up. So if, if you're looking at skill level, I think you, you have to look at that and watch a, watch a goalie as, as the play progresses and he continues to fight to, uh, to guard the net, and that's what he did tonight. So. And I, I think on Friday night, uh, I think he made, there were 56 shots on goal. Yeah. So, I mean, he's making a ton of saves in two games here, and, and Budai faced a ton of shots uh, on Saturday night as well. So, the Rain are giving up a lot of shots, and the goalies are, are standing tall as much as they can. They're, they're doing their job in, in goal. At the forward uh, rank, my favorite mystery, Mike Amadio. Good <laughs> game today. He keeps putting up points. He sure does. Yeah. What do you have, one and, one and two tonight? Uh, or one, at least at one least and one. At least one and one, yeah. yeah. he might add one and two. Um. He's your boy. Yeah. I mean, is he down here just because he's the guy that can clear waivers? Is that the place we're at? Uh, That may be the case. I don't want to answer because I don't know for sure, but that may be the case. And Matt Luff was sent down to Ontario, what, on Saturday before the game on Saturday? So Mm -hmm. that might be another situation where he doesn't have to clear waivers and they can can make the transaction with, you know, it's no big deal. I mean, I'm looking at the roster now and Wagner's the only other guy on the Kings – Wagner, Roy, and Walker at this point are the only right. waivers exempt right. members of the LA Kings. Whereas in Ontario, you've got Rempel, Grunstrom, uh, Asimont. But whatever happened to Brad Morrison? <laughs> uh, he was scratched today. Okay, Iacopelli, Rimshaw, Amadio. So yeah, Amadio can clear waivers, and Luff can clear waivers. And I feel like at this point, I mean, I've been sort of scratching my head for months and talking about, you know, why are they? But <laughs> I'd rather have Mike Amadio getting playing time and putting up points in the AHL. And that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, would you rather have him here playing 18, 20, 22 minutes tonight, whatever? I didn't see the final numbers on his night, but I would imagine somewhere yeah. in there. Or would you rather have him in Los Angeles playing in the locker eight, eight, 10 minutes yeah. tonight or yeah. maybe being a healthy scratch on some nights? I'd rather have him down here playing. And I think that's the, the goal of the organization is to get him as much playing time as possible. Yeah, and and – Given how successful he is now at the AHL level. Right. I mean, he's sort of a lock for a point of game at this point. Right. And, and the chemistry that he's got with Molson, although we don't know how long Molson is for Ontario. But, yeah, way rather, you know, you, way rather have the players that you're going to be leaning on next year or, or auditioning in training camp 
have them in the situation to get the most confidence and just to double all the way back to the beginning of the conversation to give the fans some confidence like sure hey you know we're not just throwing out whatever we've got in the cupboard for you like right. these are real players who can and to pick up games. on your point on Molson, uh, I've been seeing and, and hearing some comments about uh, Matt Molson, and I read someone said, oh, I can't wait for the Kings to call up Molson. Let me just <laughs> clarify that that yeah. will never happen. No. Um, it can't happen. Yeah. He's the property of the Buffalo Sabres. He is on loan to the Ontario Reign. So if you're wondering why Matt Molson, you know, continues to score at the AHL level and is putting up, you know, tons of points here, he will not get called up to the Kings. He cannot. This year. He cannot. He, well, that's correct. He cannot be called up to the Kings. He is the property of the Buffalo Sabres, and he is on loan to the Ontario Reign. So let me just make that perfectly clear. And, and making, not five, aware. making five million dollars a year to do it, right? And probably <laughs> buying a lot of dinners for yeah. for his team. Free agent in the hope. off season. Be really curious to see if he's willing to come and uh, put up those points for right for whatever the AHL right. uh, max is. Uh, a couple hundred thousand, I would rate. Wait. Right. Um, but let's talk about the Kings breaking that winning streak. James, how important losing streak? Sorry, losing, James, losing streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James, how important was it that they <laughs> Can not... you call one game a winning streak? Uh, <laughs> yes, no? after you lose 10 in a row. The official oh, policy of all the Kings men is three. three oh, is it's three. Right. Oh, all the Kings men is three. Yeah, that's... Got it. We've so only got a couple winning streak. That's it. Three <laughs> that's is what... a streak. Got it. So Tuesday, if, if they can win Tuesday against Montreal, still not a winning streak. No, nope, that's just two games. Copy that. That's okay. just Fair two enough. wins. Got it. Yeah, I didn't Dang. know that. A couple of wins. That's it. <laughs> if they win on Thursday... Then we've got to win. Now we're talking. Got it. Now we're going streak. Sure. Go uh, <laughs> Bring your hat. Uh, but, James, how important was it not to set the record for consecutive losses for uh, for the team? The I don't think it makes much of a difference really? at this point. Oh, it no. doesn't mean. No. It, it, I mean, you're already the second worst streak not the worst. In, in history. Uh, well, the worst would be tied. So, I mean, you'd still be tied. You haven't created no. the new the new record. But it's a bad season. And, and I think fans have, have – Come to grips with that. I, I think I saw on Twitter it was as late as last week. Someone's like, "Well, it doesn't look like we're making the playoffs." Like, where have you been? And and uh, but most fans have come to to come to the conclusion that it is what it is, and um, it, it's just now a matter of of trying to get as much. Uh, I we talked about the word synergy, but yeah, <laughs> get, get as much as you can out of this season, and and get a feel for for what's going to happen off season what's going to happen how is the team going to move forward so uh good playing time at this point i think is the most important thing and the outcome is the outcome um but but definitely work on processes and and just see who who's who's going to be able to put it together and and who do we want to build into the future of the team so at out to me outcome that's great won a game especially against blackhawks it's that was kind of the uh Kind of the early 2010s uh, rival, so we just traded cuffs back and forth. But so, uh, somebody called into King's Talk on Thursday night and said, uh, "You know, if they can win 16 of the last 18 games. I think like they've really got a chance to be, <laughs> to make the playoffs." And, True and, statement. And I believe they. True statement. I believe they earnestly meant it. And <laughs> it was like, ah, yeah, sure. And if they had wheels, they'd be bicycles. But. They don't, and they're not. Right. <laughs> well, we don't know that they're not going to, but <laughs> don't we? Though? We have a pretty good, pretty good feeling. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, you know, I was sort of torn because when I was growing up, uh, you know, there was a, a an adult who played a, a significant role in my life, and he always used to tell me, uh, "If you're going to do something, do it right." 
you know, something's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And so I had this voice in the back of my head as the, as the losing streak kept building. Then the voice kept saying, like, well, if you're going to do something, <laughs> do it right. And so Just as go that, all out. As that record loomed, I was yeah. like, I kind of, there's a part of, the part of me that wants to watch the world burn. <laughs> was like, yeah, go for it. Knock out 15 losses. Like, let's just see what happens. Like, ah, go, yeah, whatever. Okay, Nero. But uh, no, I'm glad it didn't happen. <laughs> Joker. Because, uh, because frankly, you know, you saw these, whether it was LA Times articles or posts on Reddit or people on Twitter or calls into Kingstock or whatever, and the attitude was like, what are you going to, like, what do we do? Like, how do we stop this? What can be done? And the answer is nothing. There's nothing to be done. You can't fire the coach. You can't trade anybody. You can't cancel the games. <laughs> nope, the games are going to be played <laughs> yeah, no matter like, what. There's at this point, there's nothing to do but play the games, cross your fingers, and hope they don't. No, and I'll piggyback on what James said too, and and I think the the uh, the key here now is seeing what the Kings have moving forward. Right? It's it's, and we've talked about this on the podcast many times. It's what what is this team going to get from its young core of guys that have been in the lineup now and who are coming up from Ontario and going back down Ontario. What are we going to get from them on a nightly basis? Where do they slot into the Kings roster? Are they top line players? Are they second line players? Are they are they bottom six players? We don't know yet. Um, we have some idea of where they might slot in, but that's the question. And what are we going to get from the veterans moving forward? What are we going to get from the Kopitars? What are we going to get from the Dowdies? What are we going to get from the Browns? Where where do they fit in as this team moves forward and and will probably get younger over the summer and moving into next year, right? And over the next two years, they'll probably keep getting younger and younger and younger. Uh, I think those are the questions that have to be answered right now is where does everyone fit into this current roster? And on top of that, what's the coaching situation going to be like heading into next year? Is it going to be Willie DeJardins? Is it going to be a different head coach? And how does that coach adapt to who's on this team come end of September, early October next year? There are a lot of questions that remain up in the air at this point, and it's going to take the summer for this to play out and see where we stand in September of next year. Yeah, and it's 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 going to be a rough month because other than Bark Madness, there's not going to be a ton <laughs> a ton to talk about. Uh, and then once April kicks off, right, we get to watch 16 other fan bases, you know, have their party, and, you know, it'll slowly whittle down. And, I mean, trades can happen in the playoffs and signings can happen in the playoffs, but there probably won't be a ton. My hope is that they start answering some of those questions sooner rather than later because the draft happens in june and you don't need to know who the coach is to draft a young player but kind of helps it'd be nice if the if the maybe if the entire map weren't laid out but at least if a, if a bearing has been set and a direction has been picked you know by the time the draft happens i'd feel a little bit more comfortable right yeah um but we see a ton of guys down in in uh, in ontario obviously we've got amadio and luff I really like Grunstrom. I'm curious to see what this Jacopelli kid does. I like I Grunstrom, too. And the more that I see Grunstrom, the more I like him. The first game he came out, I remember he was very impressive. He skates well. He's not a great skater, but he skates really well. Uh, he's good with the puck, and he's good away from the puck, and he finds open space, and he's got a really good shot. If you watch him shoot the puck, he's got a really impressive shot. It's heavy. Uh, he's He can snipe it. I love watching him play every single night, and he's a battler. He's not a perimeter guy. He's a battler. He gets down and dirty. He gets into the slot. He gets into the, the messy areas, and he's a guy who's willing to pay the price to score goals, and that's what I think the Kings franchise needs, and I think you see Carl Grunstrom up probably at some point this year with the Kings. 
I think I think at some point they're going to give him a look to see what he can do at the NHL level. That's I've, just a guess. I don't know that from anybody. But from his performance down here with the rain, I think he'll get a call up at some point toward the end of the season just to see what he can do at the NHL level. I'd be on board. I really like him. Yeah, the story you know that everybody always tells about Wayne Gretzky is when he was a kid, his dad gave him a blank piece of paper and a pen and said you know, draw, watch an entire game and draw on this piece of paper where the puck, you know, draw an ice rink and just draw the path of the puck. And then at the end of the game, you'll have a visualization wherever the pen lines cross each other more often. That's where the puck is more likely to wind up over the course of a game. And so, you know, even from a young age, Gretzky had this sort of innate idea of where the puck would be, not where it was. And I'm not trying to portray uh, Carl Grundstrom as uh, Gretzky-esque in this this department, but to your point about him playing away from the puck, he has a way of stepping into open space where the puck's going to be, not reacting to where it just was. And that's the sort of thing I think can't be overvalued. Yeah, and I think his physicality plays into it too because he's a physical guy. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the stockiest guy, but he gets physical. He likes to play the body. He likes to bump. He likes to grind. Man, he gets into those dirty areas and, and look out. He's a, he's a player I think the Kings are going to have their eye on here uh, toward the end of the season. James, anybody stand out to you today? <laughs> Threw it to you. Yeah, so, know, many, right? so many, so <laughs> many. I mean, no, I, I had my eyes on uh, Peterson. I wanted to see more of, or more of his play uh, mm-hmm. as we talk about how this is going to play out over the next couple of seasons. Obviously, more spotlight's going to be on him. Um, and... Uh, just watching how he adapts to different scenarios uh, with with the team playing in front of him, and and thinking about you know the the lack of defense here, uh, I think that gives him a better opportunity to to build his game because he he has to be on his own on on some of these plays, and and so being able to watch the play develop and 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 not just react to it, but uh, be able to cover multiple multiple areas of the net. Uh, so that that was that was one of my focuses today. I want to really watch him and uh, and see. Unfortunately, there was just and I, and I saw some goals. I felt like okay, you got a good look at it, especially the fifth goal. Um, I felt like you got a good look at it, but uh, you know goals go in, and and you're not gonna no goalie is gonna catch every puck. So you you just have to you got to shake those off. And and this is one of those games we're just battling back and forth. But, yeah, I, I'm excited for Peterson. I'm excited for his career and what it's going to mean to the franchise. Uh, backtracking a little bit, Dave, I'm, I've been sort of surprised. You know, it used to be money in the bank. You come to a minor league game, you're going to see a fight because inevitably there's some guy in the lineup who's trying to justify his spot, trying to catch a scout's eye, trying to sort of prove that he deserves to you know, stay in the organization. Well, Curtis McDermott is up with the Kings now. Well, right. and, and, I mean, that was going to be my, that was going to be my caveat, but even with McDermott in the line, I feel like he hasn't gone psycho and wanged somebody in the head with his elbow yet this not year. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Um, <laughs> but, but to the, the point about Grundstrom's physical play, you know, I was listening to uh, hockey central at noon a lot this week. And despite all this talk about, you know, the lack of toughness and the emphasis on skill and everything, Everything I'm hearing is complaints about the Maple Leafs roster not having enough toughness and how they need a guy, you know, to stick up for teammates. And you saw um, Evander Kane take down Chara, you know, in that Sharks-Bruins game. And everybody's talking about, you know, how important it is to have a guy like Chara who puts the fear of God in the other team and how nice it is to have a guy like Kane who will stand up for All the conversations I'm hearing heading into the playoffs are 
gosh, it'd be nice if we had some size and some grit after three straight years of everybody talking about how important it was to be right. fast and small and speedy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes out the window in the playoffs, doesn't it? I mean, you don't see a whole lot of fights, but you still need that toughness. You still need that kind of enforcer role, but you need that guy to also be able to play the game where he can't get four to six minutes a night and just kind of looking to goon somebody when he's out there. Those days are certainly behind us. That's why I think, you know, there was some talk about Kyle Clifford possibly being moved because he's he's kind of a heart and soul guy who's going to stand up for his teammates. I'm so glad he didn't get moved from Los Angeles because he just keeps that culture here of, of he knows how to win and he's got his, his teammates backs. But you do need that type of guy. And, you know, we saw it. We actually saw it here on uh, Friday night. Uh, Wizemirski, Craig Wizemirski, who was uh, just brought up not long ago, um, he got into a big fight against San Jose, a real big fight. And Dave, these two guys were throwing hammers on Friday night. And it just it was kind of like, OK, McDermott isn't here. Someone's got to step up and, and kind of answer that bell. And he did. And also Sam Hare got into a scrap on Friday night as well. So to see guys like that going at it and kind of stepping up into that role. I like that. I don't know if that's coming from Mike Stuthers where he says, hey, you know, Mac isn't here anymore. Somebody's got to step up here and answer the bell. A couple of guys did. And. I think there were some fights last night too with Lee Ambis for uh, Iowa got into a, or got thrown out of the game for a boarding penalty and got into some scraps as well. So there's still that element of toughness that needs to be addressed. And I think you're going to see that in the playoffs. You need that guy to protect your big name players out there, because if one of your big name players goes down, your Crosby's, uh, your Malkins, your Austin Matthews or your John Tavares, whoever it is, if those guys go down, you're an entirely different team. So you need yeah. that kind of safety uh, person to kind of back those guys up and even down you know down the lines to the third or fourth line right take a hit to make a play is still a thing absolutely right and it doesn't maybe register as toughness the way the guy who's willing to drop the gloves does but you see a guy like wagner who's 100 percent willing to do that right or or you know we saw it tonight like with grunstrom right you, the guys who are willing to sacrifice themselves to extend the play, to keep the puck moving, yep. to, to keep their team in a shift, in a game, in a season, whatever it is. Um, and those are the, like, I if I, you know, heard even a tenth of the people talking about that as talk about how important it is to get finesse and speed in the lineup, I don't know. I feel like more teams. Well, another guy you can add to that list is Zach Mitchell Yeah, uh, for the rain. And he's been impressive, too, and seems to get on the score sheet every night. But he's another guy that isn't overly big and isn't overly physical, but he does take the hit in order to make the play. And you need guys like that on your team. So Grunstrom, Mitchell, uh, Brett Sutter's a guy who does that, who obviously isn't going to get a call up. But uh, those are the guys that you need. Those are kind of the glue guys on your team that keep your team together. Mitchell, not waivers eligible, but King's property. Yes. So, I mean, hypothetically, could see. I mean, I don't expect it. No, and I think he did. He come from the Iowa. I think he came from yeah, the from, Iowa Wild. He was in the Minnesota, Minnesota organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So doubtful that we'll see him in a Kings jersey. Probably but right. You never yeah. know. I mean, he's what twenty six. Yeah, still relatively Something like young. That. So I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you never know. Um, we're getting a a request for to get you in the get shed. in the shed. Yeah. If you haven't been to a rain game, when the opposing team takes takes a penalty. They're getting in the shed, Jess. Is that They're right? They're getting in the shed. In the yeah, shed. that's what we say. Get in the shed. Tough shed. Thank you. Yeah. Little plug. We've got, got in uh, Subway. Tough shed. I got in Superstart. <laughs> yeah. And I got in uh, Tough Shed. Yeah, We've so we're got good. A, a ton of music going on in the background. I it love is it. rain day, and uh, 
not a ton to talk about because, like I said, the stakes super low for both teams. <laughs> so I think we're going to wrap it up here. But uh, Dave, this is a good conversation. Yeah, I like this. I think so. Hopefully, Kings fans four will games enjoy it. and four nights, and yeah. it's a good way to cap it off, Jess. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for joining us, James. Wonderful night. So for James Whitlock, Dave Joseph, I am Jesse Cohen. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. Get in the shed. Get in the shed. We'll talk to you soon.